Okay, as we spoke about on last episode of the podcast, today's episode number 27 is all about cap hits. We're going to go through each and every team in the National Hockey League and talk about the team's worst contract and then their best contract. Now, there's going to be rhymes and reasons as to why I chose those contracts and those players over other contracts. Then, you know, maybe some people are going to be thinking, but hey, this is all opinionated. This is all just based on my thoughts. You're very much, you know, allowed to have different ones in there, but it's all in good fun today. Episode 27 of the Second Thoughts Podcast. Let's go. We welcome you into episode number 27 of the Second Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mr. Kyle Grimard. If you'd like to follow me along on Instagram and Twitter, feel free to do so, at Kyle Grimard, but also at Second Thoughts P on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I very much appreciate the fact that you follow along and listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you would like to rate and subscribe to know when all the latest episodes are up and get notifications for doing so, uh, you can just like and follow along. Uh, episodes go up every Tuesday and Friday. I try to keep the, I try to put them on as early as I humanly can. Sometimes, though, it does get a little difficult, um, but nevertheless, I try to get them on as early as, uh, as humanly possible. Uh, Also, tonight, just after 7 o'clock, I'll be joining Mike Stubbs, who is the voice of the London Knights on 980 CFPL News in uh, London, Ontario. For Friday nights, we're going to go over some topics around the National Hockey League and more. Sometimes he throws me some curveballs. Sometimes we talk about things that I've already spoken about on the podcast. But nevertheless, uh, it's always a pleasure to get the chance to talk to him. Very incredibly well-distinguished and knowledgeable man around basically all forms of hockey, whether it's the OHL, the National Hockey League, or or anything else. It's always a, a ton of fun. Uh, like I said earlier, we've got a couple news stories to get to first, some signings and uh, and just another uh, retirement. And then we're going to, like I said earlier, go through each NHL team, breaking down their best contract and their worst contract, talking their cap situations, how it affects them moving forward. Uh, absolutely jam-packed. I'm super pumped for that. I've been working on that for some time. Uh, I've been you know, going around doing some research on some other lists that have been pushed towards too. So that has helped me kind of make my decision-making on which players make the list and which don't. But nevertheless, it's going to be a ton of fun. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, We'll start with this story. And, you know, sometimes it's good in life to know when to call it quits. You always want to push through, especially with players in the National Hockey League and in in professional sports where they want to push through injury. And you hear about guys coming out after playoffs. Patrice Bergeron is always one that comes to mind. We talked about playing on a punctured lung and broken ribs and, you know, beat up hamstring. And, you know, you hear guys playing on broken legs. Alex Ovechkin played a playoff series once on a broken leg. And it's just, it's baffling to me the, the, the limits that these players push themselves to. But one player is not taking his chances, and that is former Islanders defenseman Johnny Boychuk ending his career due to an eye injury. He has called it quits, um, the injury that was suffered in the 2019-2020 season, if you can remember that injury. Um, that was announced a couple of days ago on Wednesday. The injury was his second to the same eye. Uh, a skate clipped his, uh, his face during a game all the way back in March. If you remember, too, it was gruesome. It required 90 stitches to repair the cut. He missed uh, the rest of the regular season. He actually found a way to come back and play in three playoff games with the New York Islanders. But after that, 
He's gotten a few second opinions since and just decided, you know what, not for him. He said, I knew it was something going on, but I didn't want to think about it because I wanted to play. This was during the playoffs when he spoke to The Athletic. He said, you try to play through everything, and I did. So Boychak, who, you know, is already at that point in the stage where you start thinking about retirement, 37 years of age in January. He played parts of 13 different seasons in the National Hockey League, spent the last six with New York. He won a Stanley Cup, if you remember, with the Boston Bruins back in 2011. And then Boston traded him to the New York Islanders on the eve of the 2014-2015 season. Um, you know, he, if you remember him, he had an absolute boomer of a slap shot the NHL actually put up a little bit of a highlight reel for him man can that guy shoot the puck he had an absolute missile of a slap shot very accurate as well I uh, played in 725 games posting 54 goals and 206 points he was drafted all the way back in 2002 61st overall actually by the Colorado Avalanche and uh, just a huge congratulations to him I, I can't even imagine how difficult the decision it was to call it a career I understand that he's at the point where he's 37 and he's probably started to contemplate retirement already but the fact of the matter is that you know you always want to keep playing I mean Joe Thornton uh, Patrick Marlowe those guys are still playing well under their 40s Jason Spets is another one you saw Yarmir Yager do it for years. He didn't want to retire. Jerome McGinley played into his 40s. Guys who were, you know, were looking to just play as long as possible. But Johnny Poichek does have a Stanley Cup. He has that on his resume. He's played in a lot of big games. He's played big roles. He's played on a multitude of teams. So I can understand at this point where he goes, you know what? It's, it's also the second separate surgery or second repair on his eye. And I think at that point, you start thinking about your family. You start thinking about your friends. You start thinking about life after hockey. And it's not worth risking it again, only to play a couple more years in the NHL. And, uh, you know, regardless of how bad you want to play and win, I just think, you know, your health and your, and your safety are what's, what, what comes first. And, you know, he's, he's probably going to have a lot of opportunities that will open up to him once retirement hits. And, um, you know, I just I want to say a huge congratulations to Johnny Boychuk, a phenomenal career. Um, you know, one of the t- I remember just one of the toughest guys to play against, whether he was in New York, he developed that style in New York of Barry Trotz and just being an absolute nuisance to play against. Boston was never fun to play against. And he was a big uh, he was a big forefront as to why they were so difficult to score on. So very, very solid overall defenseman playing over 700 games. Congratulations, Johnny. Have a career, buddy. Uh, let's move on to this story here. And I don't know how I feel about this. I'm going to try and continue to be as unbiased as possible. I'm going to try and be as unbiased as possible. But honestly, this is more jealousy and envy than anything else. My, my one word I, I have I have about the stories. How? How does this keep happening? How do teams, this team specifically, Find a way to finagle financial situations and make everything work out in the end. The Tampa Bay Lightning have re-signed restricted free agent defenseman Mikhail Surigachev to a three-year contract carrying an annual average cap hit of $4.8 million. Tampa's still got about $1.9 million in projected cap space and still needs to re-sign center Anthony Sorelli and defenseman Eric Chernak. Both are still RFAs. But Mikhail Sorgachev posted 10 goals, 24 assists in 70 games and added 10 points in 25 playoff contests en route to Lightning Stanley Cup triumph. He's only 22 years of age. He's playing top four minutes. He has a 58.6% expected goal share with the second best among Lightning Blue Liners during the postseason. The best? Victor Hedman. Um, it, it blows me away. 
And I understand he's young. He didn't really develop the, the same responsibilities as guys like uh, like Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough would on this team. But honestly, he stepped up when, when Hedman went down a couple of years ago and played top minutes. He stepped up when, when, when McDonough was hurt and he was playing top four minutes in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, and you've got to remember too that, you know, he he's 22 years of age and you've got your top four defensemen. He's a top four defenseman. He's not a bottom pair defenseman by any means stretch. Locked up for under $5 million for the next three seasons. If you remember too, he was acquired in a trade with the Montreal Canadiens who drafted him ninth overall back in 2016. Um, that was a trade that involved Jonathan Duran. A lot of people thinking that Montreal stole that trade based on everything that Duran had to offer, but Sergeyev has turned out to be the more productive, steady player at his position. Some people argue Duran, he still got the upside, but I think Sergeyev has been a lot more steady than uh, than a guy like Jonathan Duran. But how? How 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 does Tampa Bay keep doing this? I really want to know. Actually, I understand that the Toronto Maple Leafs do an incredible job with 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 picking and playing with their cap and trying to fit everything under. But I'm telling you, it, it started with Stevie Y, and management has always found a way to either a sign players to incredibly team friendly deals. I understand the tax situation in Florida is significantly different than anywhere in Canada. But man. Like, you're just locking up star player after star player, getting them at lesser value than what... Like, if Mikhail Sergachev hits the open market, he is a $6 million defenseman. I'm not kidding. At 22 years of age, if you can lock him up at five, six years at $6 million, teams would do it in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. And Tampa Bay just continues to, to send in little deals like this. I know they did with Braden Point. I know at some point, too, when, when that three-year deal is up, he's going to be 25. He's going to be in the prime of his career. He's going to want a big money contract, and he'll get it. But he doesn't need to get it now. He's fine for the next few years. And Tampa doesn't have to worry about it anymore. The only thing they got to worry about is locking up Anthony Sorelli and Eric Chernak. And I think they have the capabilities of sending out a player or two to make cap room so that they can fit those two under the cap. Eric Chernak, very underrated right-hand shot defenseman. Anthony Sorelli really came forward too as a depth piece. And, and Tampa's guys to move and they're just going to acquire draft picks and they're just going to keep doing this over and over and over again. They won a Stanley Cup without Steven Stamkos. Is it possible that they could move the, the, the captain? I have no idea. I'm not saying it's going to happen. All I'm saying is they won without him. They could sign these pieces, fit everybody under the cap, Go for it again. I'm just saying. But Tampa Bay re-signing Mikhail Sergachev to a three-year contract extension with a $4.8 million cap hit. All right. And now on to the fun part of episode 27 of the Second Thoughts podcast. We are going into the cap crunch situation. So I've got my notes here. What we're going to do is we're going to go through each NHL team and go over their best contract and their worst contract. And we're going to give reasons as to why it is and, and implications moving forward with these teams. And we're going to go in alphabetical order here. We are going to start with the Anaheim Ducks. We'll start with the best contract from this team. The best contract that the Anaheim Ducks have right now is goaltender John Gibson. John Gibson, who is signed with an AAV of $6.4 million through the 2026-27 season at age 27. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, Kyle, how is that a good contract? That's, that's almost $7 million. That's almost $6.5 million. Gibson, though had he had a bit of a down year this past season, was the only reason that Anaheim was even remotely competitive in a significant amount of their games this past year. Anaheim is a rebuilding team, 
a team with a lot of aging vets, aka Ryan Getzlaff, and a couple of the players that they are kind of questioning whether they're going to continue on with the Anaheim Ducks or not. But he's a workhouse, workhorse goaltender, right? Starts in 51 of 71 games this past season. He's the only guy that they can rely upon, and he is a guy that has shown that he can handle the workload while only costing 8% of their cap hit. You look around the NHL at some goaltenders and the money that they're making, and I would take John Gibson at 27, locked in at 6.4 for the foreseeable future over a lot of names. You know a goaltender that makes almost as much or just as much money as that? Matt Murray. A lot of people questioning Matt Murray. Carey Price is signed to $10 plus million. Sergei Bobrovsky is signed to $10 plus million. Jonathan Quick is signed for less than a million dollars less than John Gibson at two or three more seasons. I want John Gibson at 6.4 all day long. I think that's their best contract by far. And then their worst contract, and I really had to think about this too. I had to think about the longevity of the contract. I had to think about the implications of the team moving forward. But unfortunately, it's Cam Fowler. Now, while he is just 28 years of age, he's a solid defenseman. He makes $6.5 million through the 2025-26 season. And he has a modified no-trade clause. Now, Ryan Getzlaff, like I said, he's going to earn upwards of $8.25 million. But it's the last year of his contract. So that one would have been one of the worst contracts. But because it's it's last year, it's not as big of a deal. Cam Fowler's locked in for six more years at that money. He's a left-hand shot defenseman, which is not as coveted in the National Hockey League. And in all honesty, they have a lot of also younger defensemen and guys who are stepping up and playing bigger minutes. Right now, Cam Fowler is slotted in as their top left-hand shot defenseman. But it's been a lot of people, as as he gets a little bit older, are starting to question Cam Fowler's deal. And like I said, he inked that deal an eight-year, $62 million contract in 2017. After a career year, a career year sorry, but has not looked the same since signing that deal. So um, the Anaheim Ducks, Gibson with the best contract, Cam Fowler, unfortunately, with the... Uh, which is the worst one on the team. And again, I'm going to go over this. They're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad contracts. Some of these are actually okay. Just on, on Anaheim, just happens to be the worst deal. Uh, we'll move on to Arizona here. Their best contract, Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper, by far. He's locked in at $4.5 million for the next two seasons through 2021-22. Goaltending has always been coveted across the National, uh, the National Hockey League. And I know we're going back-to-back best contracts as goaltenders. Hear me out here. Last year, the play of Darcy Kemper was the reason Arizona was able to make it through the qualifying series against the National Predators and go play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They weren't really getting much from anybody else. Phil Kessel wasn't playing like Phil Kessel's known to play in the postseason. Clayton Keller, while yes, it's a tougher contract to it, over $7 million, He's still young and has time to grow into it and could look like a steal in the next couple years. So I didn't go, you know, I didn't go with that one. But Kemper, two more seasons, you look at the value of the position, you look at the money that a lot of other goaltenders are making, and Darcy Kemper, to a lot of people, would be a top 10 goaltender, maybe even top 15, making probably bottom 15 money. And you got that under control for two seasons, and also, if Arizona really wants to to, to start over and they want to start trading players for assets, Darcy Kemper would get you a haul on a lot of NHL teams looking for goaltending and stability at that position. 
And then the worst contract on that team, unfortunately, Phil Kessel. Look, Phil Kessel's I got $6.8 million through for the 2021-22 seasons. 1.2 of that is being paid by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, when the Coyotes traded for Kessel last year in 2019, they really thought they were bringing in over a point-per-game player, and the dude struggled. He had 14 goals in 70 games this past season and has not looked like he has fit in whatsoever in Arizona, and that's a lot of money to a player. It's only two more seasons, but it's it's a tough $6.8 million when the guy's scoring 14 goals in 70 games. He was on pace for under 20 goals, which would be the first time, I think, in his career that he'd ever done that, so Phil Kessel, probably one of the tougher contracts on that team. Uh, the Boston Bruins, number one contract, and this one could be tossed up between one of two players. It's either Brad Marchand. I went with David Pasternak. It's $6.66 million through the 2022-23 season. The past couple of years, it's been Brad Marchand. Like I said, that's, you know, a lot of people thought he was on the best deal. Marchand cost six point one two. But the argument for me is the fact that David Pasternak is a Rocket Richard candidate and probably was likely to win it this past season. And when you have a Rocket Richard winner going up against Alex Ovechkin, who makes almost $10 million, and Austin Matthews, who makes over eleven, and David Pasternak makes six point six. It's really hard to justify David Pasternak not being the top one. The honorable mention is Brad Marchand. For all the crap that that dude gets, he's on a phenomenal contract for the amount of of production that he produces each and every day. Um, But David Pasternak's the number one for me. And then the worst contract on this one is Charlie Coyle. You know what, again, I, I like Charlie Coyle as a player. I've watched him play. He's actually a really good hockey player. But he's at $5.25 million until 2025-26. And you've got to remember too, and, and a lot of people would think David Krejci is, is, is the worst deal on this team. But David Krejci, if you watch in the postseason, when Patrice Bergeron is out, David Krejci steps up and actually fills a very big void on that team. They pan that much because he's, yes, he's a number two centerman on that team, but he can be a number one in all reality. And David Krejci is a guy who gets you 50, 55, maybe 60 points in a season. Charlie Coyle this past season, 37 points. And he's only hit the 20 goal mark once in his career. And he is locked into a contract at five plus million dollars for the next six seasons. It's a huge investment that was signed not too long ago. I think this deal hurts Boston in the long run. But yeah, I'm just, I'm not a fan of the Charlie Coyle one. I'm just, I'm not a fan of it. I like the player. I think the money's just a little bit too pricey for him. Uh, Moving on to the Buffalo Sabres. And the best contract that this team has right now is Victor Olofsson. You know, coming off a season, he broke into the scene. He scored 20 goals, had 22 assists. He was injured, so he accomplished all that in just 54 games. He acquired a really good chemistry development with Jack Eichel, and those two played significantly well together on the power play over the course of the season. Uh, He basically took Jeff Skinner's job, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, But, you know, he plays a full 82-game season. He scored 20 goals in 54 games. That's that's a 30 goal score, and you've got a 30 goal score at under th- at under three and a half million dollars for the next two seasons. That's a great contract for the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, and then their worst deal, I mentioned him earlier, Jeff Skinner, nine million dollar cap hit through the 2026-27 season with a full no movement clause. This was a reactionary, impulsive signing. Right, he had one big season where he, uh, you know, he did score 40 goals, and normally 40 goals gets you a big payday. Um, but they signed him to a, a massive deal worth 72 million dollars at nine million per, and instantly, 
you know, it's a regrettable contract. Skinner uh, regressed significantly, scored 14 goals, and had nine assists in 59 games. He started playing with Jack Eichel. And he was just not playing up to the potential that they signed him to that contract for. He gets replaced by the rookie Olafson, who at that time was even making even less money. He thrived. Skinner at one point was playing on the third, fourth line of Buffalo and just never transpired into that $9 million player. That is a tough cap hit for the next seven seasons for the Buffalo Sabres. Maybe he can regain some of his, his older form and get up to 25-30, but... 14 goals and 9 assists in 59 games. It's tough. That is a tough contract to look at. Um, Calgary Flames. Elias, uh, Elias Lindholm. At 25 years of age, he can play center. He can also play right wing. I've talked about him in this podcast before. I love him as a hockey player. He is signed at $4.85 million the 2023-24 season. Lindholm led the Flames last season with 29 goals. Lindholm last year led the Calgary Flames scoring 30-plus goals. Lindholm is your number one goal scorer, and he is not your number one paid player. Kachuk makes more. Monaghan makes more. Goudreau makes more. Lucic makes more. A lot of guys on this team, defensemen, Giordano makes more. I think Hannafin might make more or around the same amount. But a lot of guys on this team are making more money, and I don't think that anyone is as valuable to this team as as uh, as Elias Lindholm. I think Elias Lindholm, there was an article about him possibly moving back to center. The amount of separation and depth that would give this organization if Lindholm were to slot into the center position would be unbelievable for the Calgary Flames. And at $4.85 million for four more seasons, he's locked and loaded. At 28 years of age, he's in the prime of his career. He's going to net you 30-plus goals every single year he plays for. I love his contract. And then, unfortunately, we do got to go to the worst contract, and that is, in fact, Milan Lucic. Now, he's even acknowledged that it's not a great deal, that he hasn't lived up to it, and that he would love to live up to it. But he makes $5.25 million for the next three seasons. He signed a seven-year, $6 million AAV uh, with the Oilers back in 2016. They ate a little bit. That's why right now it's 5.25, but the contract makes $6 million. You know, he, um, he, he looked a little bit better in Calgary, but that was the same thing. Like, James Neal looked a little bit better at Edmonton, too. But both players aren't living up to their contracts. And right now, Milan Lucic, it's a no-movement clause, too. So he's got to modify it if he does want to move. Uh, tough deal for, for the Flames. They knew that when they brought him on. All they need to do is just endure it until they uh, until they can let him go. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Their best contract. And maybe this seems unfair. Because he actually hasn't signed a second contract. Um, it's Andre Svechnikov. Now I understand he's on the final year of his rookie deal that pays him $925,000. He didn't sign the deal. It's just the rookie deal he came with. But he's 20 years of age. He scored 20 plus goals in both seasons. He was almost at a point per game. Carolina has been able to stay under the cap very well and sign some other players because of guys like Andre Svechnikov. He is going to sign for a lot of money after this season. But I'm just saying for right now, it's the best deal that they have. And I know it's only one season, but one season counts for something. That gives Carolina the flexibility to go sign guys on one-year deals, go for it this year, and then deal with this contract later. But Svechnikov at 925K. I know there's a lot of other deals on this team, but I I, I had to. It's such, like, when you look at it, you're like, A, you think Svechnikov's been in the league for, like, five, six years. No, he's been in it for two. Um... And, and the impact that he's had in such a short amount of time, you think he's a vet of like six, seven years. But um, yeah, I had to go with it. It's just it, the production that they've gotten out of it's stupid. So best deal is Andre Svechnikov. Worst deal, 
Jordan Stahl, $6 million to the 2022-23 season, full no-move clause. Um, you know, there's a few names that could have gone on this list, actually. Stahl takes the cake, unfortunately. He is, you know, once a top center option. He was a, one of the best two-way centermen in hockey. Uh, has really digressed, actually. He has taken a couple back seats to a number of younger players on this Carolina team. Um, you know, Carolina has always been able to really good do a really good job balancing the cap. Jordan Stahl's contract makes things a lot trickier for them. Um, you know, he hasn't hit the 20 goal mark since 2015-2016, and this past year had eight goals and only 27 points in 70 games. That's a lot of money you're paying to a guy who's not even getting to the 30-point mark. So, it's a tough deal to have. I know he was probably a lot better when he first signed it, but tough deal to swallow for the for the next three years. Chicago Blackhawks, Dominic Kubelik. Now, I'm even saying this after Duke Kubelik signed a brand new contract extension. He makes $3.7 million for the next two seasons. He came off a rookie campaign where he scored 30 goals. And he also had eight points in nine games for Chicago in the playoffs. You have him signed at under $4 million for the next couple years. He has a chance to build on that and be a real steal. Now, there's a chance that he comes back and he comes back down to earth and he's not nearly the player that he was this past season. But you're only you're only offering $3.7 million for two seasons to a guy who scored 30 goals and probably gets a little bit better as a, as a well-rounded player moving forward. I really like this deal on Chicago. I think it's their best deal that they've got on the team. And then the worst, unfortunately, because I just defended this guy on the podcast, but Brent Seabrook. Listen, again, I like the player. I like the motivation. I like the second life. But he's got $6.8 million for four more seasons with a no-move clause at 35 years of age. He's a valuable leader. He's going to teach a lot of their guys, you know, their younger guys, some really good uh, traits off the ice and, and show them how to be a leader and how to lead by example and set the pace. But it's, it's, it's a tougher contract when Chicago is going through a bit of a rebuild or a recoup right now. And, you know, Seabrook is just, you know, it's, it's a lot of money to a guy who's also been in and out of the lineup over the last little bit. So they got to swallow that for four more years and then uh, and then go from there. But, yeah, tough pill to swallow for them. Uh, Colorado Avalanche. This is an easy one. It's Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon, if you didn't know, is the second best player on the planet. Yes, he is. He makes $6.3 million for the next three seasons. It's the best contract in hockey. It used to be David Pasternak's for a, for a year or so. McKinnon, at least for me, stole that over. And it honestly happened the moment Matt Duchesne was traded away. Because McKinnon was able to grow and develop into the player and role that he has with the team now. If you ever just watched him, just the eye test alone... He's one of the best edge work players in hockey. And I think he's the second best player in the NHL. People would think he's top three. Uh, I think he's number two. I don't have Dreisaitl up there. I don't have Crosby up there anymore. I think McDavid has surpassed all them. It goes McDavid and then McKinnon. I just, he's, he's that good. He's that good. And they signed that deal. He has the 94th highest cap hit. And for argument's sake, is a top three, top five player. I think he's number two. It's, it's, it's how Colorado is going to be able to stay in this cup window for the next three, four seasons. Uh, but McKinnon's deal is the best in hockey. It's plain and simple. Now, their worst contract, I wouldn't even say that I don't like this contract because I understood the value of this player when he went down with injury last year. But I had to pick one. So, unfortunately, it's Eric Johnson. So, Eric Johnson, right-hand shot defenseman, is signed with an AAV of $6 million to the 2022-23 season. 
it's tough because, again, I like the player. And when you watched him get injured and watch the way Colorado played defense after he was gone, you saw how much of an impact a guy like that made. Um, you know, Colorado's situation, their cap situation, they had a lot of cap coming into this offseason. And ultimately, you know, that cap shrunk very fast. And if they want to re-sign a couple players who are big names coming up, Philip Grubauer is one of them. You've got your captain, Gabriel Landeskog, coming up is one of them. A guy like Eric Johnson, $6 million, being able to clear that would make would would pay huge dividends to this team trying to keep their core together and, and go for multiple Stanley Cups. Because I believe that they're that good of a team. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets here. This is a tough one, but I went with Seth Jones. Seth Jones, who is just 23 years of age, is signed at $5.4 million for the next two seasons. Um, you know, it, it would have been Zach Rowenski, but Wenski is only making $5 million himself until for the next couple seasons. But I think Jones really elevated himself to that next tier. Wenski and him are a phenomenal duo, one of the best duos in the league. But I think Jones, just as a player, like he was the guy that was playing the... Th- 27, 28 minutes a game. Rensky was like 24, 25. And Jones really took on the, the more responsible role as, as shutting down the, the best player. When they played against Toronto in that series, it was Seth Jones on Austin Matthews. It was Seth Jones on John Tavares and Mitch Marner. He was the guy doing it. And he really blossomed into a top, top defenseman in this league. And honestly, he... When he becomes UFA, he's going to demand quite the contract. But for the next two years, Columbus, enjoy the dude because he's an absolute stud. Um, and then the worst deal, unfortunately, with this one is Brandon Dubinsky. Um, he signed for $5.85 million for the next for one more year. But in all honesty, there weren't really a lot of horrible deals on Columbus. As I was going through them, there wasn't one that stuck out to me. Dubinsky was just the only one that, that really was like, eh, it's a lot of money for a guy who probably doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't near, not, uh, necessarily really put in as much production as some of the other guys. So I went with Brandon Dubinsky on this one. Uh, he's got a modified no trade as well to a 10-team list. He is a potential to be moved, or maybe he's a big help if they go on another cup run next year. But uh, I would just say, based on the uh, Columbus's salary cap situation, he's just he, he makes the highest amount for, for the production that he brings on, on the ice. Uh, let's move on to the Dallas Stars here. And you know the, one of their best deals that they have is John Klingberg. John Klingberg, 28 years of age. He's signed for $4.25 million for the next two seasons. Now, Dallas just paid Tyler Sagan a lot of money. Uh, Joe Pavelski makes a lot of money. Uh, Jamie Benn, we're going to talk about him, makes a lot of money. Um, This is your top right-hand shot defenseman who can put up 50, 55, 60 points. Uh, When healthy, he is one of the best puck-moving defensemen in the league. And they've got a lot of really young players to develop around him. Essa Lindell makes more than him. Your Heiskanen's a phenomenal defenseman. Um, you know, I think John Klingberg is a guy who it's it's one of their best deals that they have right now. In two years, he's going to get paid, but right now, he's on a great deal. And then worst, I said it earlier, uh, Jamie Ben. You know, he's 31 years of age. He has signed for 9.5 million dollars over the next five years. I will give him credit here. He came alive in the playoffs. He really stepped up as a captain and a leader for this team. But this season, in the regular season, 39 points in 69 games. Both him and Sagan famously drew a lot of ire from the president of the team a couple years ago. This year, there were even questions about them. The production has really gone down, and he is one of their top two paid players. And he will be so for the next five years as well. It's a tough contract if he doesn't find a way to turn it around, get back to that 60-70 point um, pace that he's normally on. 
Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, there's a few that I really liked on this team, actually. We gave a lot of crap about Detroit. Detroit has some really good deals for the next little bit. Uh, Anthony Mantha just signed his brand new one, but I really like Dylan Larkin. He is a super skilled, super high-end forward who's been tasked with this crazy burden of basically being like, hey, go be Pavel Datsuk or Henrik Zetterberg and... The kid's 24. Give him time to develop. 6.1 is is one of those guys who is a 50-60 point guy right now and I think is only going to get better as, as, as time goes on. I really like Larkin with this team. They've got some other guys like Tyler Bertuzzi and Anthony Mantha too. But right now, Dylan Larkin's my favorite deal on this team. And then the one deal that's like not great, but you know, it is what it is. You signed him just as an NHL player a while back. But Franz Nielsen, you know, he signed for through the 2021-22 season at $5.25 million. Um, you know, it's 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 just the guy you acquired over in a trade, I believe, from the uh oh no, you actually you brought him over when he was on the New York Islanders. And, you know, uh, you know, he's in the final year of a twelve deal uh, million dollar deal. And um you know, they've really been they trying to get off the uh, Henrik Zetterberg because they've been paying up that contract for a little bit. But Franz Nielsen is just, uh, you know, they've just been taking on contracts and trying to let them sit out on the team. And, and Franz Nielsen is just the one 36 years of age. When the deal's up, he's probably out. But just so happens to be the worst deal on the team right now. Not crazy, but, you know, some teams have these contracts. It is what it is. Uh, Edmonton Oilers. Now, I read in an article from ESPN. That said, the Edmonton Oilers' best contract was Tyson Berry. You're wrong. You're just wrong. You're in for a rude awakening when you realize he's not put with a Nicholas Lidstrom. He was slow. He was sloppy. He did not fit the system. And is a defensive liability. He was horrible defensively. Sure, he'll put up 35-40 points on a high-scoring team, but Edmonton is not known for defense. You brought him in to play defense. Good luck. The best contract on this team is Leon Dreisaitl. I'm, I'm not even sorry about that. He is a Hart Trophy candidate, a Rocket Richard candidate each and every year, under $10 million for five more seasons. The list of players that are ahead of him in terms of money value is remarkable. And he scored the most points in the National Hockey League over the last two seasons. It's not even close. He's a top five player that you're paying not top five money to. Leon Dreisaitl is the best contract on this team and arguably a top five contract in the National Hockey League. Another worst deal, and I saw an article about this too, about how this player was underrated on the team. Uh, I don't agree with him because the worst contract on this team is Mikko Koskinen. It wasn't great when they signed it. It's not great now. $4.5 million for the next two seasons and he's not a goaltender who can take the reins as the number one or even split the job and and, and be the better goaltender in the, in the duo. Mike Smith at, at times was, was, was starting games over him in the postseason. All, all you need to know is that Mikko Koskinen, every time he's in net, the Edmonton organization wonders, can he hold the load? Can he hold the burden? And anytime he doesn't, they yank him out and they put they put Mike Smith in or they put Cam Talbot in or anything like that. They don't trust him enough to give him the full starting gig and they probably won't when his deal is up in two years as well. I don't think it's a great deal. I think you, you can pay more money to a goaltender, but to a goaltender with stability and better numbers because once the playoffs hit, this dude had a, a plus three goals against average and a sub 900 save percentage. It's not good enough to win a, a, a Stanley Cup for a team that has aspirations of winning a cup. Uh, Florida Panthers, it's easy. It's one of the most underrated players in hockey, and that's Alexander Barkov. 
25 years of age. He signed at $5.9 million for two more years with a no move. They're not moving him. He's their number one center. He's being accepted by his peers and, and like I said, as one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League. He's one of the best two-way forwards. He can absolutely muscle you off the puck with no problem. He reminds me a lot of a guy like Zetterberg and a guy like Datsuk who just continues to go along about his business, average a point a game, and just be an absolute steal money-wise for this organization. He is going to make a lot of money in two years, but right now, it's an absolute steal of a contract. Uh, and then their worst deal, unfortunately, they just signed it. Sergei Bobrovsky, $10 million through the next five to six years, no movement clause. He is a two-time Vesna winner, but this year looked awful. Just awful. At times, he wasn't even their starting goaltender. They were, they were trying other dudes. Um, we saw what happens when you pay goaltenders $10 plus million. It does not work out well. Montreal, yes, you paid it to carry price, and carry price is carry price, but Montreal is going to struggle to be able to surround him with talent. Same thing with Florida. You know, you need pieces around him. And if you need, if you want to pay for pieces to support your goaltender, your goaltender can't be making $10 million. He had the worst save percentage in nine seasons and a career worst goals against average, average this past year too. Maybe he gets back on track because that's the way he's won Vesna's over the last couple of years where, you know, he just, you know, he goes on a, a horrible streak and then comes back and plays at a Vesna caliber level. I don't know, but right now it doesn't look great. All right, let's keep going here with the LA Kings. And it took me a little bit because I, I like Kopitar, but he's at $10 million. And a couple other players have some decent deals. Like I like Andrew Kempe. Uh, I like um, uh, Ayafalo. But I really like Sean Walker. I'll tell you why. Sean Walker's just 26 years of age. He signed at $2.65 million for the next four seasons. He's not a household name. You're probably looking up who Sean Walker is. He's a right-hand shot defenseman that plays for the Kings. He's a top four guy. You know, he's a guy that it plays on their top PK unit, so he's a good shutdown defenseman. Sees some power play minutes. Is kind of really good all around the ice and a very undervalued player in a market that doesn't really, you know, spotlight a lot of superstar players unless you're Anze Kopitar or, to an extent, Drew Doughty. But he, he provides top four potential. His game is only going to improve from there on a young, rebuilding team. And I honestly, it's a very good value deal. That might be one of the better deals in the next couple of years. And then their worst contract. It's Drew Doughty. And this is not going to be the first time that you see an extremely highly paid defenseman who's 30 plus years of age on this list. Now, is Drew Doughty number one defenseman? Sure. Um, is he one of, you know, does he still go up against the team's top uh you know, top players, sure. But his contract doesn't make sense for the team. You you got it. He's going to have that deal when he's 37 years of age. $11 million. His production has gone down each and every year over the last three seasons. He's not the same player that he was at 25, 26, 27. And, you know, he's getting more of a reputation for being, you know, a smack talker and, you know, a little bit more of a feisty player than, than the superstar unbelievably talented defenseman we saw when he played for Team Canada in the Olympics back in 2010. I know that's a decade ago, but I'm just saying, in that deal, that deal already doesn't look great. It's not going to get better as he gets older. I'm sorry, it's just not the way it works. Uh, let's move on to the Minnesota Wild here. And their best defense, and their best uh, contract, easily, especially what he did over this past season, Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala signed up one more year at $3 million. 
He was trending, you know, towards being a bust uh, with the Predators, got traded, scored at like almost a goal a game clip. It was phenomenal. I remember watching him on the stat sheet and it was like goal and two assists for Fiala, goal and assists for Fiala, goal and assists for Fiala, two goals for Fiala, goal and two assists for Fiala. It was phenomenal to watch his, his incredible stats over the back half of the season. He was phenomenal under, under Minnesota's system and really, he looks like to be a steal as a top-line winger, but he's going to need a new contract after next year. If he continues to show what he did over the back half of this past season, he's going to be in for a big pay grade, but as of right now, $3 million, cash it, bank it, say goodnight. Um, and the worst deal, and I really wanted to include, I was thinking it's got to be Suter or it's got to be Parise. I started looking at their stats. Ryan Suter had almost 50 points this season. Yeah, he makes seven plus million dollars, but... I'd rather have Ryan Suter's money and that production over Drew Doughty, who I don't think hit 40 points this year. Zach Parise, phenomenally enough, was almost point per game. He was hurt a little bit, but he's still putting up goals. He's still putting up points. And unfortunately, because I really like this player, but Matt Zuccarello, he's 33. He signed for $6 million through the 2024 NHL season. The moment the contract was handed out, though, it, it seemed like it was a lot for a player, but maybe he can live up to it. Um, it just... Zuccarello was beloved as a New York Ranger, and I think that was what, that had a lot to do with, with how other teams view... Like, people love Zuccarello, and I understand why. He's a great... I think he's a really good player. But he, he kind of had a bit of a down year with Minnesota. He only had 37 points in 65 games. And you've got to eat six million for four more years. I think. I think he really he capped off or he peaked in New in New York, and uh, in Minnesota, he just he wasn't the same player this past year. Maybe he re- regained some form, but as of right now, just not the guy you were expecting when you signed him. Uh, Montreal here. Let's go with Canadians and let's go with center Philip Dano. Twenty-seven years of age, three point zero eight three million dollars for the next season. Uh, this is by far. Montreal's best 5-on-5 forward. Argue me all you want. He averages 50 points a season over the last two years. He's played their number one center role. He's arguably one of the best defensive uh, forwards in hockey. And he's finished top 10 in Selkie voting. To have a player like that make just over $3 million, like you need to understand how valuable of a contract that is. And the rumors are that they're, that they're not utilizing it to its full potential and that he wants out, which is the worst thing ever. You know, Brandon Gallagher, who was signed at 3.75 for the longest time, he got a new deal at $6.5 million. Like, Philip Deneau is a center. I, I Listen, I understand. You've got you've got Jesperi Kaktaniemi. You've got Nick Suzuki. Young, budding, offensive players. Guys that you really, you know, obviously the flair is there. But these are the type of players that win you Stanley Cups. Ask St. Louis. Ask Boston. Ryan O'Reilly, Patrice Bergeron. I guess I'm comparing him to those guys because he's 27, averages 50 points a year, and is in the Selkie conversation every year. Does that not describe Bergeron and O'Reilly? It's a guy you can't lose. A guy on a steal of a contract. And then the toughest deal on this team, unfortunately, is goaltender Carey Price. I said it. I said it. Could he be worth the money? Sure. Is he one of the most respected goaltenders in the NHL? Yes. Is $10.5 million for the next six seasons too much? Yes. I'll tell you why. He's 33 years of age. You don't peak at that age. You've peaked. We've seen the best carrier price we've seen. 
It's un- he was unbeatable. We've seen him at the Olympics. You can't beat Pete Carey Price. But it's done now. And as the next couple years go on, he's going to get to 34 and 35 and still be making 10.8, 10.5 million dollars. He's going to be making that through until his age 38 season. It's just, it's a lot of money. And on top of all that too, Montreal still felt inclined to acquire a backup goaltender in Jake Allen and pay him $3 million just in case Carey Price can't take on the load. Um, It's tough because I like him. I respect him. I still think he's one of the best goaltenders in hockey. But that contract is going to hurt in a couple years. It is going to hurt badly when he's 35 and he's got four more years left on a deal that pays him $10.5 million. Uh, moving on to the Nashville Predators. We're about there. We're about 50% of the way there. Uh, the best deal, I, I think, is Victor Arvidsson. Victor Arvidsson, who is 27 years of age, he is a left winger. He makes $4.25 million. I, if you've ever watched Victor Arvidsson, there's very few players I like more than Victor Arvidsson. Victor Arvidsson is one of them. He's coming off a not great season. He's kind of hurt by injuries a little bit, just 28 points in 57 games. But this is a guy that, that's a year removed away from, from three straight 30-goal seasons, including 34 two years ago, 60-plus points. He is a... Uh, you know, he is a guy who is a workhorse player who puts his heart on his sleeve every single time he goes on the ice. I love him as a player. And the fact that he signed for under $5 million as a 30-goal scorer for the next four seasons, easily your best contract. And then your worst, and actually, going into the free agency, there was a few nominees for this one, but after they shed a little bit, uh, it's Matt Duchesne. The moment they signed this deal, I knew it wasn't going to be worth it. $8 million for the next six seasons. Um, you know, and he just did not have a... Did not have a great season. He had just 13 goals, 42 points in 66 games. That's not what you want from your top line center. Or if he's going to play in your second line, you want more from your second line center. And, you know, I I feel so bad for him because this is a guy that everywhere he's gone, he just has not brought a winning culture. Ottawa, he was traded over there when they were going on the run. It was fine. And then the next season, it never panned out. As soon as he got traded away from Colorado, Colorado grew. He went to, to to Columbus, didn't stay there for long, but you know they went on a little bit of a run. He was fine there. Signed in Nashville. Nashville didn't even make the postseason. I feel horrible for him because I think he's a very skilled player, but the moment he signed at $8 million, I knew it was a horrible deal. Uh, next team we're going to move on to here, the New Jersey Devils. And their best player, going to be a bit of a surprise, Kyle Palmieri. $4.65 million. He signed for one more year with a limited no trade clause. The Devils, you know, if the Devils were to name a captain, honestly, Kyle Palmieri would be a really good choice. This is a crazy stat. Listen to this. Kyle Palmieri has 249 points over the past five seasons. The next closest player that is on New Jersey right now has 184. That's Travis Zajac. Palmieri was the guy who was pushing for 30 goals. A season with this team, constantly 50-point score on a team that is just struggling for goals. This guy comes out and produces each and every game at a very respectable cap. It I've 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 never appreciated the player, and he's only 29 years of age. If if Jersey's looking to move him to a team to, to garner some some capital back in the draft, that's the guy to trade because he is a, a really underrated player in this league. And then their worst deal is is PK Subban and and listen when they made that trade with Nashville to acquire him it just I I feel like with every trade just takes just takes inches and just takes years off of PK's life and I feel bad because you love him as the personality 
But PK at $9 million for two more seasons is um, is tough. And this is when Jersey wanted to go all in. And they acquired Taylor Hall. And they acquired PK Subban. And just nothing transpired in this team. Um, you know, he's a former Norris Trophy winner seven years ago. Uh, just when that deal ends, hopefully he can play off and, and sign a more respectable contract so that he doesn't, you know, a lot of teams look at the contract and they don't like the player. But P.K. Subban at three, four million dollars, not nearly as bad. Uh, the New York Islanders. This is a defenseman with probably the best contract on this team. That's Scott Mayfield. Now, you may not have heard of him. He's a right-hand shot defenseman, makes $1.45 million for the next three seasons. Why is this such a great deal? Well, Mayfield, like I said, right-shot defenseman, six foot five, aggressive, can be trusted to put up top four minutes on a second pair, seems to be thriving under Barry Trotz's system. Uh, you know, they signed him to a five, they signed him to a five-year deal worth $7.25 million two years ago. That deal has become absolutely one of his best moves, the best moves that 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 the New York Islanders have made. This is one of the last moves that former GM Garth Snow made. He didn't make a lot of great moves. That deal is a great move. For a top four defenseman to be signed under $2 million, absolute steal. Absolute steal. And then the worst contract, uh, Andrew Ladd. And Andrew Ladd, who feel like I feel like he's been on this $5.5 million contract for forever. He's got three more years left on it at 34 years of age. Um, you know, and the Islanders are in a cap crunch right now. You know, they're looking to sign Matt Barzell at some point. And, uh, you know, this would be a guy who is taking up a little bit of that money. Um, They've thought about maybe buying out his deal, but, you know, he's owed still some pretty decent amount of money for the next few years. And it's just, it's creating a little bit of a a cap situation over there in New York. And just, yeah, it's a tough deal. He signed it a while ago when he was in Winnipeg and he's just, uh, didn't age well. I'll say that. Um, Let's move on here to the New York Rangers. And their best contract by far, uh, Mika Zibanejad. Mika Zibanejad at $5.35 million for the next two more seasons. This dude exploded last year. 41 goals in 57 games. He is their true number one center. And a guy that is signed at the next two years um, at that crazy cap hit, along with some other studs on this team. Mika Zibanejad is head over heels. You know, he's one of the elder statesmen on the team with a lot of younger players up and coming. But man... All Zabinajad did last year was score, and it put up 41 last year. Unbelievable at that at that cap it. And he's also just 27 years of age. And then their worst deal, which really sucks because I like this guy too. I went through it and I really, I really looked hard. As uh is Jacob Truba. Truba, 26, right-hand shot defenseman, was this big guy they acquired, trading a first rounder, and I think uh Tony D'Angelo over to the Winnipeg Jets, or uh, I believe, yeah, Tony D'Angelo and just was not used to New York in the first year. Eight million dollars. Um, his his uh his total points dropped in half from fifty to twenty seven after a season there. Uh, constantly getting beat by forwards. Constantly getting outworked, outmatched, out hustled. Uh, I watched a little bit of his tape. Um, you know the, he's still got. There's other defensemen with worth worse contracts in the league, but he didn't look great in his first year, and he is signed for the next six years at eight million dollars. So hopefully. He could turn it around because that deal in a couple years, if he continues to play like that, is going to be almost an instant regret. Uh, let's move on to the Ottawa Senators into the O's here. And, you know, there was a couple players, actually, a few different players listed. This player was not, and I'm kind of surprised. And that's Connor Brown. Connor Brown, who signed a new deal at $3.6 million for the next three seasons. He's only 26 years of age. He's coming off of a career-high 43 points 
you know, he, he's, he's a guy who scored 20 goals on a team before, so he can get you 20 goals. Played an increased role, is a very good player at both ends of the ice. I really like him in an expanded role in Ottawa. As a Toronto fan, I was super sad when they traded him away. Um, you know, but this is a guy who as he continues to grow in the system and then continues to grow in this rebuild will be a really good veteran piece for some of the younger guys to play off of. And he is a lead-by-example kind of guy. He's going to go in and work hard each and every shift that he plays. And I really like that deal for for Ottawa, being a team that you know doesn't want to spend a ton of money. Um, that's a really good player to, uh, to have at $3.6 million. And then the worst contract, which they knew when they got it, was Nikita Zaitsev. They traded for it for the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple years back. 29 years of age, he makes $4.5 million with a no-modified move clause. Um, you know, in his first season, he did shoulder a lot of the load. He played over 22 minutes of, uh, of time on ice in, uh, over the course of the season. And, you know, he just was not the guy you were thinking to, to man up on your top pair, even with a guy like Thomas Shabbat as your partner. Um, it's just not one you want in your books. It's going to be there for four more years. If you put him as a second line defenseman, even if you have him on your third, it's not, it's not as bad. It's just, it's a lot of money to a guy who... You know, you only you only acquired to get Connor Brown. Funny enough, um, he was the throw-in piece in order to get Connor Brown, and uh, it's just a tough contract. The guy just he looks he looks like he struggles defensively at times. Um, you know, he, he doesn't get the the playing ability over guys like Thomas Shabbat and uh, a couple other guys that they had in that system. Uh, Mark Borietsky is another one, and you know they're gonna have to eat that for four more years. So not a great one over there. Uh, let's move on to the Philadelphia Flyers. Their best deal by far, Travis Konecki. Signed for $5.5 million for the next five seasons. If you don't know his name, you're going to know it very soon. He is a very gifted 23-year-old winger. Um, he was 24th overall pick in the 2015 draft. He has improved his point totals in each of the first four seasons. He hit 61 and 66 games this past year. If you didn't know that, he was almost a point-per-game player making $5.5 million. Um, they locked him into a six-year deal at $33 million last year. It's going to be one of the league's best contracts when it ends because, like I said, that deal is going to be, it's five more years. He's only 23 years of age. He's going to be 28 when that deal's end in the prime. And just, I, I love that deal for him. I think it's an absolute steal. Great contract for that team. And then the worst contract, uh, it was one that he signed immediately. $7 million to James Van Riemsdyk at age 31. You know, he's got $7 million on that deal for the next three seasons. He is a longtime fan favorite. He was re-signed when he wasn't able to come to an agreement with Toronto. Um, just had a tough season. Um, you know, Didn't get nearly the goal production that they would have liked out of him after a goal-scoring presence in Toronto. And, you know, he still has an opportunity to come back because he's a very streaky player. Like, he'll go on streaks where he scores, you know, in, in, in tons and bunches. But uh, but JVR just um, did not live up to that contract last year. And if he fails to live up to it again, it's a tough $7 million to swallow. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, I read an article that Brian Rust was going to be on this list. I scratched immediately because Sidney Crosby is the best contract on this team. $8.7 million for the next five seasons. Listen. There are bigger contracts. It's one of the biggest contracts on the on the list in terms of players-wise. And Brian Russell was a good candidate. But like I said, Sidney Crosby's still a top five player in the NHL. He still averages over a point per game in the league. He's won you three cups. And the way that he plays too, he's going to be able to sustain his play for the at least the next three or four years. It's 
It's been a steal since he signed it. It's still a steal today, and I still think it'll be a steal in the next three or four years. I really do. Sidney Crosby, it's it's your best deal. You haven't had to worry about it. You've, you signed that contract. You tucked it in the drawer, and you've left it for all these years. Don't pull it out now. It's still a phenomenal deal. And then the worst contract. It's kind of one that they just got. Michael Matheson, $4.875 million for the next six seasons. Now, Pittsburgh's made some very questionable decisions at defenseman. They signed Jack Johnson. They brought in Cody Ceci. They saw who he played. Michael Matheson, not a horrible defenseman, but he's, but he's you know, 26. He signed it six years for just under $5 million. But he's the guy that never really exactly thrived in Florida. And I don't understand what the move to Pittsburgh would do for him in terms of his ability to take another step forward. Pittsburgh's an aging team. They need some younger guys, yes. But he's not going to a team where other players are going to be able to carry over for him. And in retrospect, too, he's a right-hand shot. Chris Letang gets injured quite a bit. There's a chance he might have to fill in and play that top role. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. Maybe it works out. But right now, he figures actually to play on their third pairing right now. Which, it's not what you're paying that much money to do. Uh, Let's move on here to the San Jose Sharks. And their best deal by far is Thomas Hurdle. $5.625 million for the next two seasons. uh, A modified no-trade cap hit. Over the past five seasons, Thomas Hurdle has ranked third on the Sharks with 104 goals. He only trails Joe Pavelski and Logan Couture and fifth in points. He makes less than $6 million for the next two seasons. It's an incredibly attractive deal. I think it's a fantastic contract. I think that's one of the better moves of business that GM Doug Wilson has made. And he's an extremely popular player too. And he's only 27 years of age. He's in the prime of his career. And you've got him locked up for two more years at it. It's a great deal. And then the worst contract is Eric Carlson. I'm sorry. It's Eric Carlson. $11.5 million for the next seven seasons. He's 30 years of age. It's unfortunate because when he was the, one of the most dominant defensemen in hockey... And if injuries just did not hit him, he might still be. But the fact of the matter is, injuries happen and injuries derail you. And Eric Carlson does not look like the same player after the injury, after the surgeries. He's put up 40 and 45 points for sure, but he's 30. It's in limited action and he's only getting older. His body's only breaking down more. And you've got 11.5 against the cap for the next seven seasons. And you've got Brent Burns. And you've got Mark Edward Vlasic making 8 and $7 million. There's some tough deals on this team. But Eric Carlson's is unfortunately the worst. Uh, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, there are a lot of great candidates for this team. I'm going to put that out there. I want to give a shout out to Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, and honestly, Braden Shen. But your winner for this one's Colton Perenko. So after, San, uh, after St. Louis let go of, of Alex Petrangelo, Colton Perenko is now the team's new number one defenseman. And at like six foot six, he makes $5.5 million for the next two seasons. He he's, it instantly becomes their better bargain players. He was already playing over 23 minutes a night, even with Petrangelo there. So he's ready to take on the deal. Or he's ready to take on the new role. But how coveted the right-hand shot defensive position is Colton Perenko is your best bet uh, on this team in terms of bargain deals I love Colton Perenko I really thought he was going to be traded to Toronto when he didn't I was super disappointed but he's fantastic oh and he's only 27 years of age uh and then the worst deal which I never understood Justin Falk 
28 years of age, $6.5 million for the next seven seasons with no trade. I was confused the moment they signed it. It made no sense when they were trying to bring back Petrangelo. But Falk is only had 16 points in 69 games as, as normally known as an offensive guy. You know, it's he's not dominant defensively. It's a lot of money that's going to pay him when he's 35 years of age. And he's not the biggest guy in the world too. So I think that's going to really take a toll on them and honestly a toll on St. Louis. Luckily, St. Louis has a lot of great contracts, but Perenko's up in two years and that man, you got to pay a right-hand defenseman at some point. All right, coming in the final six teams here. Uh, we'll start with four teams, four teams. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this one's easy, Brain Point. Now, Sergachev just signed his deal for an audible mention, but Brain Point, 24 years of age, he has signed to a deal at $6.75 million for two more seasons. The guy came on and was my my Vesna. Uh, not Vesna, sorry. He was my... Um, he was my winner for the Conn Smythe in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I absolutely he had 41 goals just a couple years ago. He absolutely went on a tear when the Stanley Cup playoffs started. And he was the biggest reason that when Steven Stamkos got hurt, Tampa didn't miss a beat. They didn't miss a friggin' beat. He stepped right in and was like, yo, I got this. I'm gonna step right in here and and be one of your Con Smythe candidates. It went to Hedman. I still think it should have went to Braden Point. But what a great deal. I know it's a bridge contract, but they've they've locked him up and they have a chance to go on yet another run there. And it's it's a great deal and it's a great opportunity when you live in Tampa Bay to have no taxes and make a little bit less money. And they have a lot of great deals on that team. That's the best one. And then the worst deal, and the only reason I picked this one was because they waived this player, and that's Tyler Johnson. $5 million for the next four seasons. He kind of, um, he fell off as a bit of a player. He's beloved. He's a hard-nosed player. I do like him as a player. I just think I, Tampa's got some cap issues right now, and they trying to figure it out, and they threw him up on waivers, and he went unclaimed, and, um, you know, who, uh, you know, it just, it got me thinking as to teams didn't want to pick him up. He's a guy that's beloved on the team and they tried to trade him earlier on too, but you know, it's, it's, it's the one casualty for this team. Let me just say that they've always found a way to finagle out of certain situations. And Tyler Johnson is just another one that they waived. No one claimed him a hardworking player. You had to pick a contract from this team. I actually don't mind it. It's actually not a horrible deal. It just happens to be one of the toughest ones for the team. All right, let's move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Your best contract on this team was Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley, 26 years of age, your number one defenseman, signed at $5 million for the next two seasons. Um, if you remember, Toronto's one of only the uh, only team in the league to have three players at $10 plus million. William, William Nylander makes seven. And uh, you can't underestimate or undervalue having Morgan Riley at $5 million a season means to this team. He's coming off uh, a season in which he had 16 points in 25 games in the playoffs. He's always been a good playoff performer. He's two years removed from a 20-goal, 72-point season. Last year was a weird year. It was a tough year. He'll bounce back this year with Tyson Berry gone. Get him out of here. Give Morgan Riley his rollback. He's going to thrive. Uh, don't be surprised if he puts up 55, 60 points next year and, and brings himself back to that form of being one of the best defensemen in the league. Another worst deal. And I mentioned there's Austin Matthews, there's Mitch Marner, there's John Tavares, all making 10 plus million. Yes, they have three players making that much. 
but they all deserve it to some extent. Austin Matthews is a Rocket Richard candidate. Mitch Marner had 94 points one year and is a guy who's always going to put over a point per game. John Tavares is coming off just two seasons ago at 47 goals. They're worth the money. Like, you pay them that much money to produce, they produce every year. Um, The only reason I think the worst contract is Alex Kerfoot is he's been brought up in trade talks for the last, you know, this past year when they got him. And $3.5 million as a third-line player in Toronto is just too expensive of a luxury. They've already said goodbye to Andreas Janssen, Kasperi Kapanen, and Kerfoot was on the block. They didn't have to move him yet, but don't be surprised because Toronto is so much talent at the wing position. They've got Nick Robertson, they've got Pierre Engvall, and they've got uh, Igor Korshkov, and they've got you know, Alexander Barabanov. Um, they've got other guys at the wing who can fill in and play, you know, to a certain extent, his role at significantly cheaper. Don't be surprised if his name comes up in trade talks next year. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's move on here to the Vancouver Canucks. And I was right, six teams. Bo Horvat, phenomenal deal for this team. $5.5 million for the next three seasons. He has really developed into that two-way captain that they really wanted um, you know, him to grow into on, on Vancouver. He had 10 goals in 17 games in the playoffs. He is a guy that, you know, is, is, is he just continuously shows, you know, game in and game out, game out through through hard work and work ethic. You know, captaincy. He draws a lot of comparisons to guys like Jonathan Taves. They really like him out there. I really like him out there. And at $5.5 million is a 20-plus goal scorer in each of the past four seasons. 120 career goals through 446 games. It's a great contract for them. Now, one of the worst ones has been one of the worst ones for some time, and that is Louis Erickson. He signed at $6 million for the next two seasons. He has had this contract, it feels like forever. It was only four years ago when he signed it. In Vancouver, has never lived up to the value. He has scored just 38 goals in 245 games with Vancouver. He was a 30-goal scorer in Boston, but back in 2015. The moment he signed that deal... That was one of the worst deals for contracts, too. That was when, like, Kyle Poso signed his deal with, I think, Buffalo or New York. Um, that was the year that Milan Lucic signed. All those deals have not aged well whatsoever, and Louis Erickson's another one of them. Uh, moving on to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, their best contract, hands down, is Shea Theodore. 25 years of age, $5.2 million for five more seasons. This is an absolute steal. Now you've got Alex Petrangelo as well. That is going to be one of the best pairings in hockey. Theodore stepped it up in the postseason this past year. He is a true number one defenseman. And now he's getting paired with another true number one defenseman. I loved him watching him in the playoffs. Um, you know, I remember when they when he got traded from Washington. You know, he was, you know, he was the guy who. Sorry, I don't think he was, you know, sorry, I'm talking about Chandler Stevenson for a second there. Chandler Stevenson got traded from Washington. Shea Theodore was never a part of that. I believe Shea Theodore was a part of the Anaheim Ducks. He was involved in the expansion draft. Man, are the Ducks kicking himself for that one. Um, but wow. If you watched him in the postseason, if you watched his play, he took it to a whole other level, and I am an absolute massive fan of Shea Theodore. Huge fan, and that is an absolute steal of a contract for the next five seasons. Uh, and then their toughest deal here, and again, like the player, it's just circumstantial to the team. Marc-Andre Fleury, $7 million for the next two seasons. The only reason this contract is on here, because he's not the starting goaltender. All right, the starting goaltender, unfortunately, is Robin Leonard. 
Robin Leonard's the guy who's the starting goaltender. And when you're paying $7 million for a backup goaltender, it's not a great look on the contract. Maybe he gets traded to a different team who's looking for a goaltender to push him over the edge. I've said Edmonton for some time. They did not address the goaltending position there. Maybe if there's a deal that can get worked out. But right now, Marc-Andre Fleury at 35 years of age at $7 million to be a backup goaltender, not what you want as a team looking to go for a Stanley Cup run. Second last team here, the Washington Capitals. And there's honestly, there's a lot of good deals on this team. I love TJ Oshie, even though he was considered one of the worst contracts on this team. Have you watched him play? People don't understand his importance to the team. But I love Evgeny Kuznetsov. $7.8 million for the next five seasons. He is a guy that can play with a plethora of players, that is incredibly sneaky, is a solid centerman, can really put the puck in the back of the net. He's crafty. He's got great vision. He's a very underrated shot. He's only 28, the prime of his career. You've got him locked up for the for the extensive amount of time. And when you're a point-per-game player playing on the top line with Alex Ovechkin at times or playing with Oshie or playing with Jacob Vron or whoever, and you're putting up those points... I think it's an absolute steal of a contract to get one of your top players signed at that low money. And then one of the worst contracts is one they actually just signed. And I tried to go through, and yeah, Ovechkin makes money, but he scores 50 a year. And yeah, Baxham just signed a $9 million extension, but you know, he averages a point per game. It's Justin Schultz. At $4 million, I don't hate the deal on the team. But like I said, Ovi's worth his money. Backstrom, Kuznetsov, all really good. I like the tags on on Oshie and Wilson as well. Schultz just gets the short straw. Now he's 27 years. He's had 27 combined points over the last two seasons. He's failed to live up to his breakout year out in Pittsburgh. And when the team already has Dmitry Orlov and Michael Kepney and Brandon Dillon and John Carlson. I don't understand why you need to pay $4 million to Justin Schultz. I get you don't have Niskanen anymore. I get that you moved off of a couple other players. It just seemed like a lot of money. Now, if you signed a two and a half, maybe even three, I wouldn't hate as much. Four's a lot of money for a guy like that. And then finally here, holy smokes, my voice is going. Finally here, the Winnipeg Jets, Mark Shifley. 27 years of age, easily your best player. Signed for $6.1 million for the next four seasons. This is one of the top five contracts in hockey. When this deal got signed, I, I, again, I, I've said this on this podcast before, I've never been more bang on, off on a player in my life. I was never more off on a player than I was on Mark Shifley. He is putting up uh, seasons of 60, 72, 84, and 70 points. He's a consistent over point per game player, 30, 35, 40 goal scorer. And he's not even making, he's barely making over $6 million. That's absolutely a guy you never have to worry about. And that's an, a steal of a contract. Connor Hellebuck's another another great deal on that team at $6.16 million. But for me, it's Mark Shifley. It just is Mark Shifley. Um, I've never been more wrong in a player in my life. And then we're going to finish it off here. And unfortunately, this 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 player and, and contract have to do with injury. But the worst contract on the team is Brian Little. 33 years of age, $5.3 million. For the next four seasons, um, you know, like I said, the reason there is, you know, he's he's been recovering from a multitude of injuries and has never come. He's he's always a, a fun player to watch, but just a little too expensive for the team. And when you start getting injuries as well, it just it hurts. Uh, they went out and they required Paul Stasny for a reason. They don't expect Brian Little to play with the team. It's just a lot of money to to, to sew up on a guy that um you know that doesn't live up to that money. Um. 
Wow, okay, that is it right there. Let me know what you think. Which players did I miss? Which ones do you think have better deals? Which players have worse deals? Let me know at Second Thoughts P on Instagram and Twitter. And on, until then, that's it. I know this is the first episode where we've gone over an hour long. Uh, thank you, by the way. I really appreciate you listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you can divulge and message me on which players you think I got wrong, which ones you think I got right. At uh, Second Thoughts P, like I said, Instagram, Twitter, Second Thoughts Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whew. Holy smokes, I need a drink because I just went through that all in one take uh, while recording myself. Uh, so I'm going to go take a, have a drink, relax, enjoy the weekend. I'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, let's wrap. Let's wrap.